Yo, Chuck, run a power move on him. something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours. Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Alright, so we are the Brooklyn Combine and we are at the Brooklyn Combine and um, today we have some special guests, but I'm going to let you run. Go ahead. Um, everybody, we usually go through a roll call. Um, Ken Montgomery's here. This guy don't ever want to talk. Sound man guy. Phil. Phil. Keith White. And who, who do we have? Um, Luke Stephan. Filmmaker. Filmmaker. Alright. Queens. Queens. Patriot. Producer. Right? Producer. Alright. Writer. Restaurant here? Yeah, all that. All that? Right. here? Where your restaurant at? Uh, I'm a partner in Vibes. Vibes in? Liberty and Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Y'all heard that? We are, I heard about Vibes. And he, he, he got a Sprinter service too, the Ben's custom joints. Okay. Yeah. Look, he do it all. The rap is not written, it's filling well, up with well, weed well, smoke. Well, <laughs> You charge them a fee. All right. Like, if, if they want to smoke because okay. you got to get all the order out of the cathedral. Nah, you know, that's what's up. But um, Black Envy's a heavy rider with us. Okay. Um, he went to Hampton. Me and Phil went to Hampton. Oh, yeah? Okay. He was, we we yeah. older than him, though. Oh, okay. Okay. But um, yeah, we try to, uh, what really works with the sprinters is funerals because the old people don't want to bend down yeah. and get into limousine or if they're heavy they can just climb on in it's much easier for them you to strike me as a genius you honing in on nuance what it is is that I think I allow myself and this might be quoting him like I allow myself to be put in positions with the right people mm -hmm. like hair mm -hmm. you know uh, with the sprinters uh, I tried a restaurant on my, on my I had two this was, this was a learning process. So mm -hmm. you know that when I say a learning process, that means they're not still here. <laughs> so I learned a lot from those two. So it kind of like prepared me for this one. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is the third one, which was a charm, I didn't have to put no money in. That's what's up. Because you got... You they, already, they already, you know, they already had a lounge and they wanted to change it over. So it was like, they, you know, uh, me and the guy was cool, so he already... Knew what was up with me, so it's kind of like that was really cool, man. So, 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 Float. Hey man, I don't know how I feel about that. Man. I know everybody. Got, you live long enough, you can yeah. die. My father used to say that all yeah. the time. You right. Yeah. And we got, we got. I said he looked like he trimmed down, yeah. more athletic. But we got the the. I don't know the enigmatic. What, what was you, Curtis right. Schoon? Curtis Schoon. You know uh, what do I do? The question is, what don't I do, man? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we. I just want to set it like set it give some sort of historical to it. I met you years ago mm -hmm. through White B. Yeah, Brian Dyke. Brian Dyke. That's right. You know, you just had a heart attack, right? Nah. Quadruple. I, I text him about 
a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he um he was at the doctor doing the Whoa. stress test, and at the stress test, started having a heart attack, quadruple bypass, and he's he's um he's okay now. He's you know he's trying I, to figure it out. I'm glad you told me. I got a call. Yeah, man. he he Just, um, but I remember he he introduced us. This was years ago. We was in Dumbo, and. What I can say is you the same person who I was introduced to back then. Yeah, man. I, you just got, you got, you, if, if it was possible, you got sharper. But I remember you was like, yo, these, these press people, I need to get at these guys. It, it was, um, can we talk about what that was about? Yeah, man. Talk about whatever, man. I don't, and this, this is, I'm very clear on, um, as years pass by because of what I do in, in certain circles I'm in. The press was trying to throw you out there as being responsible for Jam Master J's death. Correct. And they said some, to me, what was some things that were like, it was borderline defamation. You, you know, it's, it's funny, right? Um, we live in a community where people always talk about injustice, right? But people in, in, in our community implicated me with no evidence whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the, the irony in all of it is that um, a police officer, Eric Adams at the time. About to run for uh, mayor, probably. Yeah, Eric, I mean, listen, just on the strength of that, Eric Adams, he was with the 100 black men mm -hmm. in the so, at the time. Yeah. And he was the only person, he, he was the only person who spoke up and said, Yo, this this doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. I never met Eric Adams. He also added that they're putting this man's life in danger. You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, you work in, in these small communities. And I actually, years, I think maybe, it, it may have been around that time or some years later, I had spoke to some colleagues of mine who was representing people who Eastern District, the feds, were talking to. Mm. And the feds knew exactly what that thing was about. And it had nothing to do with you. No, yo, man. Nothing to do with you. And all of these, all of these people in the so-called hood, because mm -hmm. let's talk about that. They, they, they love bashing the police, but man, they got 911 on speed dial, mm -hmm. man. The police <laughs> resolves all their problems. Yes, all day. I don't want to. I don't respect none of it. Yeah, all they, day. All, they talk about the police and complain about them because it's fashionable or whatever. But the first sign of trouble, they call. They call the police. But you know what? Also, that that um, I, I can say it bothers me. It troubles me is that our community is very uneducated as to a lot of as to a lot of things and processes. And I've seen rumors just grow into truth. And partly because a lot of us are, are cool with promoting ignorance. We don't want to figure things out. And I think that's a part of us being that permanent underdog. I don't know what it is. You know what I think it is? I think every community excuse me, has a large population of uneducated, ignorant, mm. not very thoughtful people. Mm -hmm. The difference is in other communities, 
those people don't get they don't a platform. Have, they don't get, they don't get, get a platform. Yeah, that's right. the difference. In mm-hmm. our community, that's usually who's up front talking. Okay. Yeah. I think to think that, um, you know, every and like you said, every community has its pathology. There's also the idea that certain communities are afforded with the privilege to be reflective and to coalesce around issues or around things that might benefit them. And I don't think that um, our communities necessarily are benefited with the time or with leaders who say, let's reflect, right? Everything is, let's mobilize or let's respond to something. We're never proactive. Our communities are not proactive on issues. We're always reacting to something. You know what I think a part of that is also is that we don't have the social familial institutions that create leaders. No, nah, we do. The, the, we do. I was just what about to. What are they? Dude, we uh, have the churches. The, the no, 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 no. Hear me out. We got, we got churches. We have civic organizations. We have, we have the institutions to do it. The problem is the the institutions are self serving, and because the institutions are self serving, we're not raising up selfless leaders. We're raising up selfish leaders. So, we so our them. leaders, so right? So our leaders are coming up. Right. And we, we see them. Right. They come in, they give good speeches, they get some money and then they keep it moving. They get some money. So that mean, we don't have it, though, because because that means we're producing something that creates people who are anti the interests of the we're, we're, produ- we're producing the thing that this country that this country means. Right. All of the leaders. Right. I don't know a political leader who's doing something different. It just so happens that our community feels it worse because we need it the most. Look, let me give an example, right? Like, I work with um, BET on the American Gangster series. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, but I just wanted to touch this real quick. <laughs> in, in Tivoli Gardens in Jamaica, because mm-hmm, I did the Shower mm-hmm. Posse joint, right? Now, you know the Shower Posse, these dudes, they got this reputation for all this violence. But in Tivoli Gardens, you can <laughs> sleep with your door unlocked. Mm-hmm. Because if you steal from one of your neighbors, they're not calling the police. They're going to have it. You see, it, it, right here, if, I don't know about now because a lot's changed, but mm-hmm. had somebody in Howard Beach or, or Bensonhurst been accused of a high-profile crime, you would have never had this outpouring from the community mm-hmm. to the police. If that, if that person had harmed somebody in the community, they would, it would have been some hesitancy before running to the police. And that's a part of what's going on in our uh, community. The lack of accountability. Every, it's a free-for-all. Everybody can say everything and have an opinion because mm-hmm. there's no consequences for all this tough talk that be going on. Yeah. Everybody is just free to say and do anything. It's like the Wild Wild West. And then afterwards, it'd be like, oops. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I watched this, man. Like, really, going back to what you said. Yes, I was falsely accused. But man, it was all black people accusing me. It wasn't a conspiracy of white people mm-hmm. trying to do mm-hmm. me in. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, <laughs> it was all black people. The same black people that's that's empathetic when a guy spends twenty four years in prison for something he didn't do. Y'all, the reason why he went there in the first damn place. Yo, I watch. You I know, watch. Like, yo. That's the war on drugs. No, every now and then, me and Tony Rico, who's one of our our, our um. Our OG's good friend of mine, Harlem Cat. Tony points out on how social media. Tony was Kevin Child's attorney, Gravano's attorney, Bin Laden's attorney. Like he's done it all, and he points out how you can go on social media and see black lawyers who walk into court every day with their job is to defend. When a sensational case come along, 
they talking about giving some black or brown kid the death penalty. And they defense lawyers. Mm. So it, it, it jives wow. with what you saying with you know, people just saying no and doing there's no accountability. There's no because we, we got this thing where you can't criticize or call out someone black unless mm -hmm. they've been identified with As the white, white people, people that we don't like. White, because yeah, yeah. if they're with the white people we do like, mm -hmm. then they're good. They're good. So the, the problem is there's no accountability because there's no ideology. And so, like, for example, we, we do the, uh, our mentoring on Saturdays, mm -hmm. right? And then there's a brother there who comes in and he's like, yo, you know, like, one of the things that we stressed in the beginning of it was like, this is not a business opportunity. Everybody that comes into this circle, we come in to breed community, to hold each other accountable for how we think, for ideology. And one of the, one of the guys comes up to me afterwards and he's like, oh, talking about like real estate and wanting to do this like real estate <laughs> thing. Right? Oh, if we get some money together, we do this real estate thing. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling him, hey, you know what? I'm not sure how I feel about um, the American version of of real estate and how we participate in it. I mean, I, I you know I own my house or whatever, right? But like the idea of going out buying properties to 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 feed this capitalist system, also feeding banks, like what that means is that true freedom? And so, but the brother was going back and forth for me about how we need to get money, how we need to get money, and I'm not saying he's wrong. But my point is, is that we don't if we have an ideology at the beginning of the meeting that says, hey, listen, this is not the opportunity to talk about money. This is our opportunity to talk about how we uplift each other, how we open up our minds to what's happening around us. Maybe it means somebody, somebody or some group getting some money to support some other, you know, all of the other things that our community needs. Right. But if if we can't even uh, commune on 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 ideology. Right. Then how do we move forward? How do we do anything if we don't have ideology? If we don't have ideas about what's happened to us and what we need to do to move forward? Well, you, you know, for me, right? You, you got to be more than just black to be my people, right? <laughs> right. You know, look, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yo, you just not gonna automatically be my people because your skin is similar to mine or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. And I also like to add that when I say black, right? I'm not talking about a color. Black to me is a shared experience from the ancestors of slaves. You know, like when I say black, that's what I'm talking about because, you know, people get into semantics. We're not black, we brown, blah, blah, whatever, right. man. What I'm talking about, because we have no identifier. We have no tribe. Right. We have, have no separate no, language. No nothing. Yeah. So for, 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 the, for the purpose of simplicity, I say we're black. We're black because we are the descendants of those people who came out of Africa and were enslaved in, in the in the West. And that's whether you're in the Caribbean, right. South, mm -hmm. America, South America, North America, we're all black. Mm -hmm. Some like to break it all down into these different mm -hmm. subsets because we just can't get enough of separating ourselves right. from each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but uh, but we're all black and, and, and that's our commonality. And, and 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 we haven't dealt with the issues that come with that yet we're moving on to other issues like feminism mm -hmm. and LGBT mm -hmm. and this and that and mm -hmm. the other we didn't win the first battle we didn't win the battle we, didn't we win. actually lost that first yo battle. look so now to me when i hear when when i hear people picking up these other flags it's almost like they abandoning ship i get mm -hmm. that you I did? feel that. You know, when, when, when they start carrying that other flag, 
Yo, it's like, really? No, you, I feel like it's you, almost, didn't, you didn't deal with your first. It's issue. almost like, you know, yeah. like you know, right. it's almost right. like we we okay with America. Uh, America set a war upon us uh, to to literally destroy blackness and national black nationalism, all of that, and we okay with it. And then we go over here in hopes of trying to champion something else that has. They've also said, oh, y'all lost. We're not championing that. You know, again, I don't have any proof, right? But just my critical analysis is that it looks to me that when, when those four million slaves were freed in 1865, nobody wanted us here. Mm-mm. If Hitler was president, we probably would have been in the gas chamber because mm-hmm. we had no more Value. That ain't no value. No. And that's why we never got the 40 acres in the mule or any of that. Because it wasn't that they didn't have it to give. It was like, we're not even trying to let them get strong and become a... No. And that was always their fear. And that's always been the fear. And I think the way it's been dealt with at the highest levels in this system is that different organizations are set up to make us controlled opposition. Mm-hmm. So the, the louder we talk and the more radical the conversation is, the more we blame the white people, we think we're doing something. We're but really what we're doing is serving as a foil to keep the whites, the poor whites, mm-hmm. galvanized and separated from us. And that keeps the elite whites who are at the top in a secure spot. So really, when, when I see black people, we're talking about White this and white that. Look, man, I ain't get. I'm just trying to get my bread, take care of my people. I think if we get together uh, collectively, raise our money, we can run our own candidates. I tried to do something like that mm-hmm. in 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 in, in um, Detroit. You know, I see a lot of people saying that voting is a waste of time. Yes no. and no. Yes and no. Yes, yes, and, no. No. yes and no. Yes and no. It's a tool of organization. Yeah, you see, they, they think that voting is simply casting their ballot. It's a process that happens before that. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest part. See, and again. That's what pisses me off about all the social media where people are like, vote, 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 vote. What you doing the rest of the, the other four? That's the easiest <laughs> that's what That's what I meant by. Why that, do people gravitate to the easiest job all the time? Well, that's, what, no. that's, 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 that's to your point. Condition. That's to your point about, that's to your point yeah. about the slaves that were freed, right? The problem is, right? Is that the slaves in eighteen when they were when they were allegedly freed in eighteen sixty five? They weren't actually freed in eighteen sixty five, right? Because the that mentality of comfort still is still pervasive today. So the idea of us doing something that's uncomfortable for the next generation is almost unfathomable for us to say, "Yo, you know what? I'm like, like think about the bus boycotts, what those people did, right? Walking to work. People, if if you shut down Uber in the city right now." Right, it would be like the biggest problem in the world. So, so our comfort systems are the things that we hold on to, and those things are enslaving us. Yes, but, it, but it, I, I, I agree. I, I but agree. it's back to what we said. We're not investing in those social, familial, communal institutions to say, "Yo, we do that. We don't do that shit. That shit oh, don't man. go down over here." So <laughs> we gotta you take a break.
gangster by cocaine cupa jungle survivor fuck who's the lava my man put the battery in my back a difference from energizer sentence begins to dent it with formality moderation's infinite money wise a physiology poetry that's a part of me retardedly bop i dropped the ancient manifested hip-hop straight off the block i reminisce a park chance my man was shot for a sheep coat chocolate blessing make me see him dropping my weed smoke it's real grew up a tripe life the times of white lines the high pipes murderous night times the night fights and white crimes chill on the block with cardiac coast strap with my peeps that's in the drug money market interact no sign of the beast and a blue price law i guess that means peace for niggas no shice device to just snipe ya start off the dice roll the match for crap to see low with side bets so roll the deuce nothing below peace god peace god now this shit is explained i'm taking niggas on a trip straight through memory lane it's like that y'all it's like that y'all You know what I you know what what I I find admirable about you? What's that, bro? Is that you understand both sides. You understand the intellectual side and you understand the practical human side of how things happen. How where did that shit come from? Yo man, I'm 54, man. Look, time? Ain't just time, because some motherfuckers got a lot of time and they still be banging their head against the wall. You know, a lot a lot of people indulge in in two things. Escapism and denial. Me, I, I embrace what's in front of me, no matter how much it hurt, man. You know, and you learn that way. And you yeah. sound like a trial attorney. Ain't no such thing as a bad fact. Yo, you, and, and you learn that way, man. And and, and, and I, I love the truth, man. I think it was Malcolm who said, "I love the truth, no matter who telling." Mm -hmm. You know, how you man? survive Queens at the time that you was coming up because your generation, you know, how I look at your generation. I know a lot of cats, you know, me and you know a lot of the same people. Yo, that generation, the guy, you guys were like, you were incredible. Listen, bro, I, I was 
Y'all wasn't supposed to be here. Y'all supposed I, to be checked feel, out already. I feel, I feel blessed to be here and all that, you know? But I'm going to tell you something else, too. I was always thinking, and I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to attribute me being here solely to me thinking, but my thinking played a part. I made it easy for the universe to conspire in my favor. You know, like, I remember... I knew when the police pulled up to the curb, and I was in 192 at the basketball court, and they was like, hey, Kurt, how you doing? What year is this? Uh, I was like 85. Mm -hmm. I was like, my days are numbered out here. <laughs> like, they know your name, man. <laughs> Some people think, yo, man, you heard that they called me. I was like, what? He pulled up, didn't want nothing, stayed in the car. Detectives mm -hmm. rolled out the window. Hey, Kurt, how you doing? You know what I mean? You know, what's that? You know what I mean? Like, and that's when, that's when you know, I, I don't want to to make it seem like a, a, a criminal way of thinking, but I decided I, I had to start moving around. You know how I ended up in Hampton, correct? I, I, I had appeal of conviction. Mm -hmm. I, I was on trial. Down there? No, in Up New here. York, in, in New Queens. York. Mm -hmm. I was on trial for six B felonies. And I, I was acquitted of five and convicted of a felonious assault. I appealed a conviction and it was overturned in 1987. I appealed it in 86. Um, prior to that, I had went to Virginia in 84. I believe Hampton was called Hampton Institute Dude, yeah. in 84. Mm -hmm. And we was down there on a mission looking for... You know, it's a lot of land out of town. It's a lot. Well, of we, land. We, we, we were looking for tools of, of a certain nature. I you know understand. what I mean? Like, yo, and, and, and I asked, I was like, yo, where the girls at? And somebody said Hampton Institute. Never heard of it. You see, because I'm really, you know, and it's, I'm not trying to brag or nothing. I just want people to understand exactly who I am, so they could appreciate how I think a little better. I had never heard of HBCUs. I had mm. never heard of fraternities and sororities. Mm. To me, a fraternity was Animal House because the movie had movie just animal, come out. Yeah. 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 I didn't know anything about any of that. Right. So college wasn't on your radar? Never. never. Listen, I went on the campus looking for girls, and I stood there and had an epiphany. I was like, oh, shit, this is where I belong. Never mind what I was there for. Uh, two of the people that I was, I was three of us, one person is doing 25 to life and had done 12 years already, right? And after the, doing the 12 years, caught a fresh 25 to life. Mm. The other person did like 14 and is in the witness protection program mm. right now. You understand? So these were the other two people that I was with. In 1984, on that campus, you, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, so, so you kind of understand the direction mm -hmm. I, right. I was heading in, right? And, and when I went to trial, because I'm a forward thinker, I know I got to get a lawyer something. Who was your lawyer? You remember David Cohen? Oh, David, David Cohen. Cohen too? Yeah, out of that, Queens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, David Lewis yeah. Cohen. Yeah, 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 I know you talking. Yeah, about. that was my. I went to trial with David Cohen, and um. I know I had to give my lawyer something to work with. I know I didn't have any convictions at the time. And, and so I applied to college and got in. I got in. So when I got convicted, my lawyer argued for me to be. To be allowed to get out, go out of town and go to college. 
continued on bail, and I did. That's right. And it worked out like a charm. But I, I knew, I was like, I'm going to trial, and I'm facing all this time. Let me at least, if, if I lose, I'm going to give myself an angle that the lawyer can argue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that Do you worked. remember the judge? Uh, Judge Pearl Appleman, AP6 in Long Island City, okay. Superior Court. Oh, yeah. so that was way back. <laughs> that was way back. <laughs> so you yeah, ended up okay. going to Hampton. I, that's how I went to Hampton. I was a 22-year-old freshman. You see what I'm saying? And I went to Hampton to, to evade going to prison. And, and, and you know, In a way, from me being a guy mm -hmm. who went to Hampton, that's like dangerous. Because Hampton... When I got there from growing up in Brooklyn, I was like, word? This is what y'all doing down here? Yo, bro. Let me <laughs> I tell like, you. Word? I went to Norfolk State Homecoming that that year in 86, and they were shooting out on the campus. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. 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 That's how I feel. Yeah. That's what it was like. Yo, yeah. dudes was catching bodies and going to yeah. jail. College. Yo, listen, you you know Sean do right? Yes. Yeah, he retired from Rikers. He was a uh, captain, I think, mm -hmm. when he retired. Mm -hmm. Dude saw me registering. He had known me from like PAL, seeing me around, because we from the same side, you know. And he told people, yeah, he thought I was on the run, because he couldn't believe that, that I you was, was on in college. Yeah, you know, it was one of the wild yeah, things for yeah. me going down there. My mother was like, because I had friends who was, my mother would get the paper in the morning and see my friends getting arrested for shooting oh, or killed. Shit, like killed. Yeah. And she was like, yo, I don't know where you're going, but you got to get out of here. Yo. I got Hamptons. The only reason I went to Hampton because I got the acceptance first. And then a week later, Howard came and she's like, yo, we ain't got no extra 900 fucking dollars. You going to Hampton. If you don't like it, you transfer. You got to get away from this shit. All my boys is like, nigga, you ain't going to college. You going to Rikers like the rest of them. <laughs> like they literally, Mike Rohn, uh, Brazil, uh, Sizz, all them ran. They all said that shit. I get to Hampton, and I'm in a union one day, and I see the same motherfuckers I grew up with coming through the union, but they ain't in college. They out there with the girls yeah. and utilizing certain square dudes who went to college who wanted to be down to facilitate what they needed to do in their street business. And I was like, this is crazy. It's the same, same people. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was wild, because one of the first dudes I saw on campus was the uh, was Ellis. And I just the, see the Ellis last the week. The reason why I, I, I say one of the first we dudes know I Ellis. saw. Shout out to Ellis. Shout out to Ellis. Ellis had on a big rope chain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might still have that chain, actually. And, and I was like, Yo, let me tell you something. I had jewels and everything, right? And I felt so out of place in Virginia that I wouldn't even wear them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I wore them in New York, you know what I mean? But I got, I was like, man, because everywhere I went, people were staring at me. Like, let me take this off. Because they weren't standing like they wanted to rob mm -hmm. me. They were standing at me. Like, like they never seen that before. Like, yeah. what is that? And it made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, let me try to blend in. I get on the campus, I see L with this big, big rock and rope chain on. Like, I said, yo, yo, Ellis, yo, I just see Ellis last week literally I seen him last week I actually went back to Hampton for the first time in 20 plus years oh wow and it was interesting because it was you know what it, it was interesting for me is because you only there four years but then when you think of the span of a lifetime four years is a, an incredible amount of time to spend 
in that, one especially place. Especially at that age. At that age. At that age. That's that a key, very yes. key developmental yeah. stage in your life. Yeah. I wish I went away to school. Man, it sounds, nah, it, was, sounds, it was. Sounds. I mean, I used to go to like Howard's homecoming. Oh yeah, yeah. Nah, all my friends that went away to school, they was there pumping. So you know, but I used, you know, I was, I was a square. So I was like, oh, okay, this is what college is away. But, but that's crazy. I went to John Jay in the city. Now Hampton was it was a very wild experience to me. It was black people that I never seen. I didn't know black people had wealth Yo. without. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally no. like a gazelle. I was a no. wild African gazelle out there. Like. Not, not only did I know, did not know about fraternities and sororities, I met people there whose grandparents yes. were in fraternities and yeah. sororities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Wow. Like, who? I never knew these black people existed. Yeah. And, and and you know, like, there, there's some knocks to, to the, the black elite and so on and so forth and all that. But I will say this. Going to Hampton was pivotal in my life. It exposed me to a network that I would have never known otherwise. Would have never interacted with them unless I was hiring them to represent me in court or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I mean, like my business partner right now is somebody Mm. that I met at Hampton. Hampton. And it's the best business decision that ever happened in my life. You know, and all of that. So I, I say all things perpetuate destiny, right? So no matter what happens, like I don't really hold on to stuff. I just try to figure out what what is setting up because see if you ever wrote a screenplay right, you set up what's going on on page thirty on page fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I look at life right. like a That's screenplay. screenplay. Mm-hmm. So when things happen, no matter how right. it unfolds, I'm like, what is this setting what does it up? Mean? Yeah, what is yeah. it setting up? I agree. That's that's how I look at this current political yeah, environment, yeah. all that I mean, stuff. Like, what's it setting up? How how did the um exposure to Hampton affect when you're going back to New York now? Like how was what was that like? Cause you you know, you was in New York clearly going in a certain direction. And now you go to Hampton and you get exposed to certain things and now you Yo, back you you know, listen man, uh um first of all in Hampton, right? Just being a certain type of individual, you attract certain types of individuals. I swear to you, I went down there with no, no, no thought of doing anything mm-hmm. other than going to school. Going to school, staying out of trouble. Staying out of trouble. I met, I met Lil Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he from DC. He, he's locked up right now. DC Castles. I gave them props down there. Curtis Malone. Yo, he took me back to DC. I, I met um, Malik from Baltimore. God bless the dead. You know what I mean? And man, before you know it, you know, history was kind of repeating itself. Mm. Yeah. But just a different kind of flavor. Because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> B-more and DC cats, yeah, they were they had something to prove too. You, like you know, not not that they had something to prove, but they were like, I remember that vibe. Like they was like, yo, it was a go? different type of hungry. Oh yeah. look, man. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. DC always get the credit, not the credit, but the tag for being the murder capital. But I always felt safer in D.C. than in Baltimore, man. Yeah, Baltimore is off the chain. Listen, I saw with my own eyes. Oh, man, B. Foster is from Baltimore. Look, I don't know if you know B. Foster. I saw with my own eyes the bounty hunters. Because you know you got black bounty hunters mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They were putting up pictures of an individual who I know 
in Baltimore. Yeah. And man, dudes came out of the windows and rooftops and opened fire on the body. On the body. <laughs> <laughs> Seen no shit. Not in Queens. <laughs> Brooklyn, nowhere. 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 Never seen anything like nah. that in my life. And no, that's be more is different, in man. My be more reminds me. <laughs> be more reminds me of Newark. That's more. what I said, yo. You looking for him? You not looking for him? <laughs> yo, last I saw the body hunters, they was pulling off with the car door open. Yo, nah. like, yo, like yo. Nah, be more different. It reminds me yeah. of Newark a lot, oh, but it's a man. little bit, you know, like it, it's a different kind of. It's almost a lawless. It reminds me of Brownsville, right. where lawless. we grew up. It's lawless. It's, lawless. it's you know, always it's, been. It still is. Yeah. And, and I think the heroin epidemic oh, contributes yeah. to that. Yeah. Because heroin, what people don't know is it desensitizes yep. people a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of cold-blooded killers got heroin ha um, habits, habits, man. Yeah. 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 Everyone talk about the crack crazed gunman. He ain't nothing. Mm. It's the heroin. Even that game of heroin. Fact. Even mm -hmm. my, I got family members who got who got hooked on crack, and it was always something where we we were never afraid of them. Yeah, we were always like you know like obviously like you know you got to be careful with your stuff because it could be stolen. But you was never afraid of them. But the heroin addict was different. Like yeah, that was a different like, type of hunger. And for me, you know what, heroin yep. was my first introduction to addiction as a kid. Like uh, seeing going to school in Brownsville, they had um you would come to school at eight in the morning. And you see a dude leaning. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you come out for lunch. That dude is standing in the same spot. You get out of school. He's just lower. And as a child, I was like, "Yo, that shit is wild. Like this shit got you stuck to that degree in one spot." I'm like, "Yo, this shit is crazy." But but yeah, and and you know also, uh, Ken, like when you think about it, tying it back into politics and everything, right after the Civil Rights Act and all that. Our streets got flooded with heroin. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. Two things attacked us. The heroin and the black exploitation movies. movies yeah. And I don't think it's coincidental. It's almost like the black exploitation was sort of like what rap music gangsta has rap become. And gangster rap is black exploitation on steroids. Because yeah. right. they won't stop and it's easy to produce. Yeah. It's easy right. to make a song and to make a yep. movie. Yep. You know what right. I mean? Like, And you, know. you get these young kids. <laughs> You get our kids and like they listen. Listen, to that man. What they do is they parody enlightenment. Yeah. They parody <laughs> yeah. empowerment. They parody information so that all that shit is not cool. Mm. Oh, all that, all that shit that would free us, <laughs> right? That shit ain't even. Oh, that Why are you even trying to do that shit? Yo, man, it's like I, I've always told people that um, Superfly. I remember that movie. Clearly. That not the movie, mm -hmm. the soundtrack, soundtrack had the most profound impact on the choices that I would make later on. And I used to listen to that eight track over and over. I was like eight or nine years old, man. Oh, that's crazy. I was, it, yo, it Curtis Mayfield did yeah, that. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I used to listen to the eight track. You know boom, what I mean? Boom, boom. That's crazy. Yo, like I would listen to that, and I'd be in like. Oh man, that's I'm, per I'm that's wanted. a perfect segue. Yo. Let's let's play that joint real quick. Yo, we got Come right show. back.
talked about a lot man like um school where like where do you go from Hampton man? like after Hampton you look man life Kids for, for, for all for all of us right for all of us life is about figuring out who we are what our purpose is and and some of us we're blessed to have parents mm-hmm. to help us make the best decision and guide us along that way Yo, I graduated from high school at 18 in... What high school you went to? Brooklyn Tech. Oh, you went to Tech? Oh, I yeah. went to Tech. So you, yeah. I graduated in 82. I refused to take the Tech test. 
Because I thought it should have been available to all black people. I was on my bullshit back then. And oh, mom man. Was too busy to Yo, look. She, like, grabbed me by the ear. But I know, you know, tech, I know some brilliant motherfuckers from Listen, tech. Listen, bro, I, 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 got, I got that Regis diploma with all of the... the <laughs> Physics and mm -hmm. chemistry and trigonometry. So I you was, did all that shit? Yeah, man. I, got, I went, I, my major was industrial design. I got a blank <laughs> degree. <laughs> Yo, Nothing on it. Bro, look, look, man. So that, you was traveling from Queens to Tech? And yeah, every day. Oh, people every from day. Queens went to Tech. Yeah, I would take a bus and two trains, a Q2 mm -hmm. to 179th Street, take the F to Queens Plaza. It used to be the GG G -G, back then. Yeah. The double G. Yeah. GG and the L. And you know who else used to be on the train with us? Black Just from, uh, oh, wow. from Baisley. Because he used to go to Automotive. So he would take the GG to Nassau. And get off there to go to Automotive. Automotive was a wild school. Yeah, yeah. Eli Whitney was not far from there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I was like, I was. People's went to tech. I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn. As a matter of fact, Arlington Village in East New York off of Atkins and like Atlantic, it used to have like a a white castle and a carver ice cream. Yeah, I used to spend summers over there. That's crazy. As a kid, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I remember they had street gangs in Brooklyn, the crazy the homicide Jollies, yeah, and the sex boys on Essex Street. They all the yeah. like yo, so Essex was that's where my aunt lived. Yeah, they, that's who got hooked on who got hooked on the crack over there. It was crazy. Yeah, the there. street sounds was black back then, and they would spray yeah. paint yep. the first yeah. ES and just have sex. Because yep. like, yo, look, like see, yep. I, look, I'm from Queens, but I spent a, a lot, lot of, of a lot of time in Brooklyn. Matter of fact. Before I left New York, I was living on Chester Street in Brownsville, not far from Brook. Uh, Chester and what? Between Lott and Hegeman. Oh, you uh, live right, right across the street from me. I lived in co-op. Oh, okay. Hey! Yeah, look, man. Yeah. Right, yo. You was old, oh, Chester Street. So that, yeah, yeah. Yo, my look, man, man Jay got killed, right? Oh, no, he got killed. I used to go to the rec center there and live for BRC? Yeah, yes, man. Listen, bro, like... You know that rec center like, saved a lot of dudes' lives, man. Look, man, yeah, but but yeah, but to answer your question, man, I was just trying to figure myself out, man. I, I knew that by once you start seeing people around you going down, right, dying, mm -hmm. going to prison, and all that, you know that you you gotta you gotta find a way, mm -hmm. and it's a challenge, but um, you gotta have the discipline to be willing to endure whatever suffering it is to get yourself right. right. The problem is people, they don't want to come out of their comfort zone. So mm -hmm. the minute they experience some kind of discomfort or something, they regress and go back to what, what works, even though they know they mortgaging their future at the time it's getting cut short. You know what I mean? So I, I started running with the coalitions. Mm. In oh. Queens. <laughs> okay. So I, I was dealing with some cats. Those are unions, right? Yeah, those are construction cats. Yeah, they, but they were mostly like, the truth is they were kind of like illegal organizations. Yeah. And they yeah. were, was on the coalitions for a minute. They would extort, they would mm -hmm. extort the construction sites. sites. And rightfully yeah. so, because mm -hmm. the construction sites are con uh, extorting the, the, the yeah. taxpayers. Money. I, I remember we rolled up on a construction site one time in the um, shop steward or whatever, and we was like, yo, you gotta take two two of our guys, and he said, "Hey, I got two black guys over there." <laughs> 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 you know, 
told him, those are your niggas. We them ain't our niggas. No, he didn't say black guys. He, guys. he told the white boy, he said, those are your niggas. You got to take two of our niggas. And we left two people there and, and, and rolled out. So I seen, you know, it's, it's ill with Hollywood and all that, right? You, you, you hear the mob and all that and, 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 and no knock on the mob, no knock on anybody. But at the end of the day, we all men and we put our pants on one leg at a time. Yep. So ain't nothing them dudes can do that other people can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, Hollywood makes it seem like... You know what it is? The mob leveraged their whiteness with the law enforcement. Uh, they they got they got legal allies. Legal, legal allies. You know, look at look at the, look at the uh, what was the the two cops? Uh, oh, uh, I represented. It's funny. I represented. Uh, you talking about um the Sc- mafia cops? Scar- 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 um, damn, why do I not? Steve Ippolito, Carol Capper, and Epolito. Uh, I, I represented. Yeah, 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 yeah. I represented Epolito's brother-in-law. Okay. It's so crazy. Um. Bruce Cutler and Ed Hayes, who were their attorneys, mm-hmm. called me to represent Epolito's brother-in-law, Al Guarneri, okay. out in Staten Island, who was a cop, because the feds was on him, too, threatening to charge him. AUSA was Robert Hennock at the time. So I, I got, I was look, like... Look, man, this is the advantage of white privilege. You're a white criminal, mm-hmm. and you got access to white police who you can corrupt that I could never corrupt. Never. And you got white cops. And this is one of the biggest dangers about being in the street that people aren't aware of. You got people either pretending to be cops or legitimately police who will arrest you and never take you to the precinct. Nope. Take, you, take to you, the, you to the mob. Take you to the people that Jimmy want you Heidel dead. Jimmy was one of the guys. That's right. Because Jimmy Heidel, I think he had tried to kill, what's the boy named, uh, Gas Pipe? Yep. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. They she, found they they killed uh, Heidel and they left him in Diker Diker Park. Yeah, and people don't people a lot of people don't get that. And, and this is what, what when I hear black dudes talking about they from the street and all that, and all they doing is getting high in the street and going to clubs. I know they not. I know what nah, level yeah. of street they on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Did you you understand? Because yeah, yeah. if you really really you ain't out there like that. Right. You ain't in the club with the sparkles. Yo, them, them white boys. <laughs> Standing on the couch, standing on the grass, standing on the street. Could you understand how dangerous it really is? That's not where you want to be. The mob dudes, they were straight calling their connects in the police department saying, yo, run this plate for me. Yo. See where that plate go back. Yo. Where that person live. The the whole shit. They had that shit all. Like, I seen that. You know, and you're right. You hit it right on the head. And that's why, you know, I've become kind. Just understanding how serious the game is. Think about who the most, who the most influential people are in any industry. They typically are not in front of the camera yelling, "Hey, come see me." Who's the most influential person in boxing? Al Heyman. You can't even Google him. <laughs> you can't even Google him and see get a picture of him, right? Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Think of like even in the music industry, like I mean, obviously you can Google Lucian Grange, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not he's not around here, like you know, in front of these cameras. We, we don't understand what power looks like or how power is supposed to move, mm-hmm. right. because we don't really know what power is, is. generally speaking. Right. You know what I mean? Like, listen, man, when I was 20 years old, I had made up my mind that I could go do 10 years on any given day. Nobody's I, thinking like that. Joe, of course not. Mm-hmm. I, I knew what I was involved with. 
by the, by before my 21st birthday, I had been charged with a home invasion in Long Island. And man, they took my palm prints, my footprints, and recorded my vocal pattern and sent it to the FBI database. I've never heard of that happening to anybody, mm-hmm. anywhere. So I knew it wasn't a game. And, and when you make up your mind that you could do 10 right away, what you also do is make a conscious decision not to be attached to anybody. Because mm-hmm. some of the hardest things that I've seen for people doing time wasn't really the condition so much. It's the separation and, and, those relationships. and the deterioration of the relationships, relationships. with children, women, with everybody. Yo, I've had dudes like ask me to, to, to buy their kids Christmas presents and stuff like that. So again, if you want to, if you, and I'm not promoting it, I'm not advocating it, but if you say you want to be a G, then why are you a family yeah, man? man? You, yeah. you, you, your whole shit contradictory, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you here with the kids on, yeah, I take care of my kids. If you really care about your kids, you wouldn't live the life you live while you got your kids in your life. Things could happen to your kids because of you. you yeah. Maybe you need to wait until you're not living that life to, to try to that. have a family. You understand what I'm now, saying? You're talking reasoning. Yeah, yeah, but, but that... That's all I ever done. That gangster shit comes from a visceral standpoint. Yeah, man. It's, it's all that aesthetic form. Aesthetic, aesthetic. That's why I don't pay them no mind. When they be talking all that tough Tony shit, man, I be yeah. like, look, man, whatever. I could watch our dudes move and know that they're not really about that life. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you get in? I'm going to tell you that it's very, it's not a lot of television that captures my attention. And I'm definitely not attracted to the, the gangster shit for the sake of gangster. But the American Gangster series, I thought was really. For the time, that was really like, it was powerful. Well, let, let me tell you. First of all, the American Gangster series, the way I got involved mm-hmm. is through the book, Queen's Reign Supreme. That's the Ethan, Ethan Brown, Brown the white yeah. guy, right? That's right. And, and, uh, and the way that happened is that going back to Jay, mm-hmm. you know, my philosophy is a blessing and a curse are one and the same, the difference being in the application. And what that means is no matter what life gives you, you got, they say, find a silver lining, make lemonade out of lemons or whatever. Mm-hmm. I tur- I take whatever you do to me and I, I turn it into a positive. So <clears throat> I sat back and I was like, okay. The first thing I did was I, I, I played poker and won with the lawyers, Marvin Kornberg. Oh, Kornberg. He's yeah, still I, moving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still yeah, see yeah, him yeah. Right I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have any money to pay a lawyer. I was broke at the time. You know what I mean? Um... And, and, and unashamedly so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have no money, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I called Kornberg and I said, listen, man, um, they, they, they say I'm a person of interest on the news eh? and I don't have no money. Oh, and then I said, what would you charge me <clears throat> just to go in with me for questioning? <clears throat> and my strategy for that was I never wanted the police to grab me and not have legal counsel mm-hmm. because then they could they could say that they I do, said, they something. said something all day they do that yeah, all the time yeah they do it all the time and I, I'm hip because mm-hmm. I had been through so much as a young dude I was mm-hmm. already right. yo, I was, right. yo, I already knew how to move right mm-hmm. so said, listen I want you to meet me come come by my office we met in the in the basement it was a Saturday right? I'll never forget because Jay got killed on, on a Wednesday, it was October 30th. Uh, on that Friday, November 1st, 
I called Kornberg. I got with him on Saturday, November 2nd. And we went into the, I met him in his basement, you know, he, he mm-hmm. was doing this like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like people watching or whatever. Mm-hmm. He charged me a thousand dollars. I bought the thousand, I gave it to him. And he said, listen now, on Monday, we're going to go in there. And he called the police with me right there. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, he said, hey, I, I, I hear you're looking for one of my clients. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, he said, Curtis Schoon. And he said, yeah, um, I'm bringing him in on Monday so you guys could talk to him. And he said, if you pick him up before then, just know that he got a lawyer and you can't question him. Blah, blah, blah. So he invoked rights right there. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the car with him, right? And, and, and he was going to a bat mitzvah, which for people who don't know, is for the females. Mm-hmm. The bar mitzvah is for the mm-hmm. males. Mm-hmm. He had a bat mitzvah to attend that day. I'll never forget. So Monday morning, November 4th, I wake up. I'm thinking I'm going to jail, right? Really, the play with Kornberg was just so... I, when I go to jail... Buffer. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 he he respected in Queens. Yo, look, like that, at that time period... Yeah. He was the main guy. I, 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 Him I made, and Steve Murphy Sr., I would say. I, I made up my mind that I was going to jail, mm-hmm. and, but I was going to deal with it. Because like I say, no matter what, I confront problems. Mm-hmm. I don't run from them. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, I'm going to jail, but at least I'm going to jail with a fighting chance. Because they ain't gonna, they can't put nothing on mm-hmm. me and say nothing. So I wake up, and I'm just like working out. And, and my chick, you know, over there on Chester Street... She was asking me, like, yo, what's up? You, you want to hit it before you go? And I was like, nah, I'm good. And she was super bad. <laughs> <laughs> and she was super bad. And I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And my mind wasn't there. My mind was, right. I'm about to fight for my life. What what kind of what kind of lowly Negro would I be, be to be entertaining like something they, like that at that? They moment? might have some watermelon for you, some <laughs> you know, like whatever. Just throw them and give them a look, man. But so anyway, I I, I went. I, I turned on the TV, and um, I saw the, the media outside the precinct, and I'm like, oh shit, is that for me? So I, I was like, damn. And they were talking, and they were saying I was supposed to come in, mm-hmm. and this, that, the other. And I was like, damn, it's going down. So I put on two pairs of socks, and two pairs of underwear, and two t-shirts, because I needed a starter kit for when I get there. Because mm-hmm. my hygiene is like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that dude that's going to be running around with the same drawers on for two days in a row. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> yo, look, yo, I'm real particular mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So anyway, uh. We get there and Kornberg says, did you see the news? He said, oh, he was hype. He yeah, was hype. Yeah. 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 He, said, like, he said, did you see the news? He said, we're not going in and I'll tell you why. I said, <laughs> I said, I said why? Because I'm ready to go, mm, right? right. Like, I don't want to go to jail. Right. But I'm like, man, let's get this shit on. They had let's get it on. If they have something, they come to arrest. If they want to talk, that means they he, have He said, I'm going to tell you why. He said, because they got the cameras out there. The last thing I want is for somebody to see your picture and mm-hmm. say they saw you outside the studio, the, the studio and positively mm-hmm. yes. identify you. Kornberg said that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what he said. And he called the priest and he said, blah, blah, blah. He screamed on them. And they, they asked him, is he there? He said, he's in my office right now. 
He said, if you want him, you're going to have to charge him, man. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, goddamn. <laughs> and they never charged him. They called back an hour later and said he can go. Yeah, they and was been, bluffing. And I was gone ever since. And that was the best thousand fucking dollars I ever yeah, spent. Right. Excuse my French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, seriously. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. I remember yeah. all of that shit. I remember the papers. They, they didn't have nothing. Nope. Right. Nothing. And they was dragging me through the, through the mud. And that cloud is still on my head. And the reason why it's there is because of all these no account police hating Negroes right. threw me under the bus. Mm-hmm. And they talk all this gangster nonsense in the rap game, but they was putting up rewards for information to get me convicted. And they, and they actually, I know for a fact that they had convened a grand jury and that they had interviewed people. And those people were, had nothing to do with... That was a, they, they had the direction of where they wanted to go and never materialized. Listen, listen man... I know I, the lawyers I, I, involved, all of it. It was happening right in Eastern District, New York. Listen, let me tell you something, man. They know I didn't do none of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But do you know uh, Marsha Clark just did a First 48 on Jam Master J? Mm-hmm. 16 years later, got my picture and everything on. In it? Yeah, man. Yo, look, man. Look, still... That cloud is over my head, man. Look, I I, I was dealing with a, with a young lady. Good family, everything. Yo, you Google my name, man. And it comes up. Yo, bro. And it's unsolved. How, how do I... That's so whack, though. Yo, I, like, being, on, a, being someone I, in these circles, like, yo, that's look, like... man. Right. I got to deal with that forever. Mm-hmm. Forever, man. Has that, has that affected your relationships in, in New York and Queens and all that? Nah. Not yeah. The the people that, that it affected affected me with is like people you ain't had a relationship with anyway. They, uh, yo, the probably people who who were involved with it. <laughs> who do, who try to who try to pin the tail on, on the donkey, uh, but they they ain't know it was a thoroughbred and not a damn donkey. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like yo, right. it's like yo man, it, 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 it's it's it, it's crazy, man. And when, when you and when you think about it, right? Just the circumstances of the case. Somebody removed the the camera. I mean the tape from the surveillance tape mm-hmm. from uh, the studio, right? That's right. His 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 nephew leaves fifteen <laughs> minutes before the joint. So happens. you know the same information. <laughs> look, I, I got common sense. Uh-huh. I ain't no police, uh-huh. but I don't look, man. Mm-hmm. The nephew leaves fifteen minutes before the the, the 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 incident go down. He said he went to a barbershop. He had braids. Mm-hmm. Okay, he got it lined up. Fair enough. But then why you go on tour the next day when your uncle dead? Why, mm-hmm. why your grandmother demanding for you to come home and you don't go? You understand? No, they, they, These people owe me an apology. And I'm talking about Jay's family. Mm-hmm. Because if he was my relative or my friend, I would have took that dude down in the basement and we wasn't coming out until we had some answers. Yes. Because I, I don't know who did what. But that didn't add up, man. And then on top of that, the dude says... When he came, he heard Jay got killed. He came back in there. He saw his uncle on the floor. And he said he kicked him because he thought he was playing. Playing, yeah. Who kicks their relative if they see them on the ground, man? No, yo. And it ain't like he on the ground chilling. Like, he on the ground leaking. Listen, Ken. This is all facts. 
Jay's brother and his cousin went on Hot 97. And they were implicating Jay's friend mm-hmm. and business partner, who was conspicuously absent, was Jay's nephew. He wasn't there with his family. But guess who he was there with the following week? Jay's friend, when he went back to mm-hmm. rebut. And it's all on tape. This is on Hot 97. Everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a convenient fall guy because people don't want to deal with, with a, with a, with with the a, with a very painful truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They need to get among themselves and figure out what they're going to do and I, yo, man, at the very least, I deserve a public apology. Well, what's very interesting to me is that I know how how the feds move. And for them to get pushed to the point where they convene the grand jury and they've had people lawyer up and they've spoken to people and then nothing happens out of that, that's not a mistake. That's something orchestrated. That's somebody making sure something is not. So, so we got to take a break. But, but when we come back, I want to kind of... Um, see or ask you how your experiences with being falsely accused informed this new film mm. that you produced okay. and are releasing.
Talking, um, talking about a series of events that obviously materially altered your life, mm-hmm. and and then you being not just somebody who's informed by street culture, informed by great education from Brooklyn Tech, Hampton, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but but also but also having experiences informed with being falsely accused, and but as a creative. Right. You've done films. You're a producer. You're a writer. Um, How has that informed your latest piece of work? And just talk to us about the book with Ethan Brown and that experience. Well, with American Gangster. Like, how did it all come together? First thing I did was I pitched my story to Playboy Mm -hmm. because I told him I hadn't talked to anyone, but I I would talk to them. And the way I did it is, is very unorthodox, but everything I do is unorthodox. So I emailed Playboy their, their article submission email. And I said, I don't have an article. I got something better. My name is so-and-so, and I was accused of this, and I haven't talked to anybody, but I'll talk to you. The features editor, Chris Napolitano, responded to me. And he said, he said, this is one of the more curious emails we've ever received. So <laughs> what I'm doing is, right, because I understand psychology, in my emails, my wordplay and my structure is demonstrate my intelligence. Right. Somebody that they could talk to, that they could, won't look bad for bringing to the mm-hmm, table. Mm-hmm. So they get on the phone with me to verify. And what I did in the email, I did vocally. He set up a conference call in uh, Chicago, LA, New York. And I'm on the phone and I'm telling them my story. And, and it's quiet. And when I was done, all I heard was one person, I don't know who it was, they said, wow, what a life. You know what I mean? Like, yo, yo, look, real talk. Mm -hmm. Because I I know what it is. Because when I be talking, I take a lot for granted. But the things I've been through would have crushed so many people already, would have broke them down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they sitting there imagining, if that was me, I would have cut my wrist. You understand? Mm -hmm. Yo, but anyway, so... We got, the, we got the story. They put me with a writer named Frank Owen, and we did the joint. But of course, I worked it again, and I did a thousand-word si- sidebar, framed and defamed. Because I, I wanted to get paid. And I did the article to promote the screenplay I wrote, 1013, 
the story about Fat Cat, right? Mm -hmm. And Edward Byrne killing 1013 mm -hmm. being in New York City code for Officer Down. Mm -hmm. All right. So the Playboy joint went off smoothly. Another writer had, had reached out to me previously, Ethan Brown. This dude was a struggling writer. He worked in New York Magazine. He had submitted several book proposals. None of them got approved. I pitched him the idea to do the book on Queens as a way to promote my screenplay mm -hmm. about Cat. Mm -hmm. Right? Because now I, I'm working the game. I mentioned Cat in the Playboy article. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm fighting, but you know, I'm trying to get mines too. I ain't just strictly defense, mm -hmm. you dig? Mm -hmm. So... So Ethan, he, he was like, okay, cool. He, he had never gotten anything, never done anything. He wrote up the proposal. He wanted to call it Hell Up in Hollis, right? After the, the black exploitation, Hell Up in Hollis. Yeah. But that, that's typical of people well, yeah, who aren't from coming this. in and voyeurism and all Yeah, that because shit. it's just, they, they just gonna, you know. Mm -hmm. Fetishize. <laughs> yeah, so I gave it the name Queens Reign Supreme. Mm -hmm. And I did that because KRS dis Queens and his name is Knowledge Reign Supreme. Supreme yeah. And I was like, no, nah, it ain't Knowledge Reign Supreme. It's Queens Reign Supreme. Supreme. <laughs> we run this. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so that, that's where the title came from for Queens Reign mm -hmm. Supreme. It was actually inspired by KRS and his bullshit. So, so we took it from there. And the book did good, man. You know, it got nah, that book out there. It went everywhere. Yeah, it Rounds. Man, listen, I read through the whole book to make sure it didn't incriminate nobody or mm -hmm, anything. Mm -hmm. I tied the whole story together. And a lot of people was mentioning that. Book. A lot of, yo, and nobody, Ethan Brooklyn knew Brooklyn Cats, Queens Cats. Ethan oh, knew none of them, I okay? I didn't that. know about any of them. So, so naturally, Nelson George, he had pitched a series, American Gangster, when he saw the success of that book, I believe. Mm -hmm. Also, more so in the book, the success of like Feds and, mm -hmm. and Don Dio right. and mm -hmm. so forth. Mm -hmm. See, Nelson did what those guys should have done. Yeah. But they lacked vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? They they kept making, uh, you know, whatever. They, they, they right. did what we mm -hmm. do. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So anyway, Nelson ran with it and um, they reached out to, to, to Ethan. And this is where me and Ethan started to, to, to separate. Mm -hmm. Because I, t I told Ethan called me, he was excited. Yeah, man, they, they wanted to talk to me about this, that, the other. So he kind of like wanted me to stay in a role where I'd be feeding him all this oh, information, information that he don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, you got enough, man. You got your name. You good. Mm -hmm. Not let me get me. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to plug me to Nelson. Mm -hmm. Yo, man, I, I called... Um, I got connected to Bill Stephanie. Stephanie. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. He was cool with Nelson, and he connected me, connected me with Nelson. And my first conversation with Nelson didn't really go good. Mm -hmm. Nelson came off a little, um, little arrogant, aloof. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if I keep it a hundred, man, if I was in front of him, I'd have slapped the shit out of him. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, because mm -hmm. that's what these dudes need. They mm -hmm. need a good slapping. Mm -hmm. Right. You understand? Because they get out of character. They And me and Nelson, we got cool afterwards. You know what I mean? But I see this a lot with these dudes, man. Yo, man. There's no accountability. Yo, there's no accountability. You, you better know who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because what, what happens is they get around these white, these white, these white people so much that when the white people are gone, they assume the white person's yeah, position. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they talk down to you. Mm -hmm. And you listen to the words they use, coon and this, that, mm -hmm. They think that they are white now. Mm -hmm. 
white supremacists at that, not yeah. just anything. They definitely carry the water. Oh man, bro. They they feel like so as soon as Mr. Charlie going that I'm Mr. Charlie. I got mm. his jacket on, his shoes. Come on, man. I see it all the time. You dig mm. what I'm saying? So and anyway, Nelson gave me a shot, and I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. And I and that's when I did the Fat Cat episode. Because Fat Cat name was on the cover of uh, Queen's Reign Supreme. Mm-hmm. It was Queen's Reign Supreme, the title, and the subtitle was Fat Cat, 50 Cent, and the Rise of the Hip Hop Hustler. Mm-hmm. Because the premise that I presented to Ethan was that the streets of Queens influenced the numerous artists that came out of Queens. That's a fact. You know what I mean? So I was tying it all that's together. I, absolutely. <laughs> and we don't say influence the world. Yeah, you yeah. dig what I'm yeah, saying so far? So I tied that all together and then I, I got a consulting gig with a BET. Mm. Even, even though Ethan said they wouldn't give me the consulting gig, I got it. They paid me $2,000. And I told them, I don't care about the $2,000. I said, I'm not going to argue with you about the money. Because one thing I learned is that some people focus on money. Mm-hmm. See, but I don't play for paper. I play for position. What I told them was, what I want is, I want final say on the project. Mm-hmm. Because Cat's situation is a little, you know, it's a little touchy. Mm-hmm. It's a little sensitive. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and if I'm promoting a movie about him, and his family trusts me to do it. Right. Regardless of what anybody thinks, I can't be part of something that puts him in, in, in danger, danger in a yeah. bad light. Yeah, yeah. So to me, that meant more than any yeah, amount of money. money. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, know, you, you understand? Right. Because I operate on principles. Right. And my principles are true no matter who I'm dealing with because I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing right. it because it's who I am. Right. Feel me? So anyway, uh, they said, man, if we was to do that, That'll be like giving you editorial control. I said, that's a small concession for all I'm going to give you. Mm-hmm. They did the paperwork, and uh, I think Deborah Lee or whoever signed mm-hmm. off on mm-hmm. it. And I, I sent it to Cat. He saw it, and he gave his family and everybody the, the green light mm-hmm. into my man. And he, look, you took that, and you look, shot... Yeah, no, he was a, he was Cat's he was co-defendant, co-defendant in 1985 when Cat got arrested. Oh, the, wow. same, the same case Cat is is locked up for, for now. now, and so really I'm Will from Cat Hollis. Ever come home? Uh, I don't know. Nah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after this, gotta like eight and a half in Florida. So yeah, yeah, no. yeah. He's been down they, 33 keep, years. They keep hitting him at the board. Boy, they keep not saying, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for he would have to have a regime change, and the oh. NYPD would have to take a they different tack to, to even, even be possible. Even though, even if they gave Herman Bell all that fire, but we, we have to understand we're talking about even though he wasn't behind it, but he brought the rise of the people that were behind yeah, the assassination yeah, yeah, yeah. of a police right. officer. Yeah, right. Doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah. Right. Politically, it's politically, politically yes, yeah, it's, it's almost it, impossible. Too much of thing. He's in rap songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, it, and it's even with Herman Bell, it was like the political side of Herman Bell was connected to. I wasn't civil rights, but black liberation, and this this is connected to street street shit. And I, I believe Bell was committing a crime when he killed. Him. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, this wasn't as or, this wasn't as orchestrated. Right, yeah. right. Rookie cop. Look, president got the badge. Yeah, yeah. Laws has changed. Scott Cobb. And Todd Scott both were convicted for killing 
um, Edward Byrne. Mm -hmm. They were in Clinton, Danamora. When Cat got there, he was in an administrative segregation. Cat wanted to sue the state to get the general population because mm -hmm. people they was they were saying yeah. they told the warden they didn't want him because they wouldn't feel safe, safe if he came. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, like, and they had been there like twenty years already. <laughs> you and Jim Pop like nah, <laughs> not him. <laughs> no, you, you know, like so. I hear a lot of people, you know, talking. And they don't really know Man, what how they're much, talking how much, about. How much time did you end up doing? Uh, I beat the big charges. I ended up three and a half to seven. Oh, wow. For what was on the table. At a time when... Yeah, and he was trying to run them off. Uh, yeah, they were they trying, trying to, to run consecutive, so he was trying to be like 10 and a half to 20. They were trying to knock your head off. That was Santucci at the time too, right? Was oh, John Santucci yeah. in Queens. Yeah, yo, man, look at yeah. you. All right, yo. I was always a student. In <laughs> yeah, Victor Knapp. Yeah, Victor Knapp. Yeah. Wow. Because at first, Cat had David Cohen. David Cohen was my mm -hmm. attorney also. Mm -hmm. So he had yeah, he David had Cohen. The same I took I took Knapp because Knapp was good with parole. Mm -hmm. So you know he had the parole holds and, and everything mm -hmm. else. So he was very good at, at writing writs to get you out, which oh. he did about two times during the course. While we was waiting to go to trial, but you know wow. he, he won the big one for me. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. So of course when we went to trial, um, I went in and said because we got the case split up, so therefore oh, you got a seven. Oh, you got a bifurcated trial. Nice. I beat it, mm -hmm. so I was able to go to his trial mm -hmm. and say, and oh, you testified. That's mine. Oh, you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Minds. Right, it just yeah, double all that is mine. It ain't work though, did it? No. Look, I was having a court with the big chain. Yeah, oh, man. Coming from C95, big chain. Oh, man. 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 The cat episode, Supreme, Supreme and episode. the Jamaican Shower Posse. The Jamaican Shower. You yeah. didn't do um, Chaz. No. Nah. I, 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 I got Chaz, Chaz there, there, but you, okay. Yeah, but the thing is, right, um, I'm from Hollis. He's from South Jamaica. If you know from Queens back know, then, yeah. Yeah, we nah, did not. Yanni mixed. So, That's so, like, so, so everybody be really kind of tripping on how I be just navigating yeah, around. Right. Just like I'm from New York and mm. I move around D.C. Mm. and all. You know what I mean? But it, 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 anyway... I remember a letter Preem wrote me, and we was talking about Cat. And Preem verified for me something Cat had told me. Cat wanted to take 40 years mm -hmm. for his mom and, and everybody to go free. Go free. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean. he, he was like, he told all the men, let's take the 40 years. Preem said, I know this is a fact because I was there mm -hmm. at MCC. And the people who did not want to take it was Pappy Mason mm -hmm. and Glaze. Oh, the two Brooklyn dudes. You know, Queens, man. Glenn, 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 Glenn
Glaze is, is on Glaze is on Twitter. Glaze follows me. Mm-hmm. One thing I will give Glaze credit for is he admitted that he worked his deal and he mm-hmm. in his own. He was the first one. When he when he folded, that's when Cap was like, yo, we need to take this 40. And Pap said, I can't do it. Mm. Not even to save his own mother. Yeah, you you yeah, understand? Yeah, you understand? You understand what I'm saying? I just see when that in the. He got it. He got it yeah, all. Got because it all. all kinds of things happened yeah. after that, and man. He, yeah, like, he got it all. The man, a uh, man, tell you, yo, let's all go do this forty. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. under the old law, they would came in with twenty five years. Yeah, they was all going right. to do twenty five anyway. Right. It made sense. Yeah, it made be s- home now. It, listen, Definitely be home. Listen, it made sense. I like to say one thing too. Go ahead. Finish. It made sense. If you if you are accountable to your own actions and you right. understand that you played this gangster game and mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta do this mm-hmm. gangster time, mm-hmm. see, and that's the that's the difference. That's, that's something that Ken is always stressing, right? And, and this is I'm always hearing him because I'm preparing for I, a racketeering I, trial right mo- tomorrow morning. I'm picking an anonymous jury. Oh right? no. I'm always hearing him same frustrated on the phone with his clients, frustrated because his clients who do a lot of dumb wild shit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like yo. I don't want to do no time. And it's like the idea, I mean, you know, who wants to go to jail, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea is, yo, as as you do, as you do the things that you do, you have to be aware that it comes with consequences. And if you're not man enough to say, you know what, there's the possibility of consequences, mm-hmm. then that that the 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 litigation process is going to be frustrating for you because you don't understand the laws of cause and effect and if you don't understand the laws of cause no, and effect they, then you're going to be then and I'm not even talking about the 16 year old who go grab an eight ball and try to get on no, I'm talking you, about the goddamn the dude who pop it Yo, 30, 40, 50 year old think dude. Gonna do, think it's right. his job. And when, yo, but here's, I'm, right. here's, here's, what, here's what we don't talk about in them films and you don't see those goddamn right. OG uh, IG posts of, you know, I hate sometimes we're looking at them old IG pages of the old school shit. Yo, the gangsters, they come get some of these gangsters and yo, before the feds can seal the door so nobody could come in, them killers, gangsters, money makers, they telling Listen, man, my, my cousin... Nobody talk about my that cousin was My cousin worked with the feds, and he told me back in 2000 to be careful with the cell phones. Right? He's oh, retired man. now. Back in 2000, he told right. me to be careful with the cell phones. You know what I mean? And he didn't even mean talking on yeah. them. You understand? Yeah. He told me that they would take bets, him and his partner, mm-hmm. how soon they would tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would often tell... Before they even got put in the so car. Before or they even get they get the, the cops. Car. Yeah. This right. was so my when, cousin's so, told me. So that. when you a defense attorney, right? And <laughs> right. think about this fashion. shit. Right. You a defense attorney, yo, your client, the family often come get you, or somebody who close to the to the defendant come get you. You get there, yo, I done been in cases where I got clients calling the feds themselves from yeah. the lockup. Yeah, listen, man. So this is the reality, and nobody talks about it. And nah. the drug game is fueled mm-hmm. the snitching that oh, everybody says that. Hey, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> okay. All right. yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say one more, one more thing. I want you, then we're gonna take a break. You go. There's, there's um, there's a facility that they keep most of the co-op. A lot of there's one facility in New York where it's all cooperators. It's out in Queens. It's uh, Geo, right? Nice. This is where all the cooperators go. The Geo. It's by right there at the airport, Kennedy, right? These fools think that that's where all the cooperators are at. Yo, Mm -hmm. in the feds, they can't fit them everywhere. They They everywhere. everywhere. So now when you, listen, I done represented 
all kinds of people. Yo, when you represent somebody who cooperated and they prepping that person for trial, you get to see who is cooperating and the nature of the cooperation. Yo, it's like a, it's like wall, it's like um, the the stock market exchange. You just seeing it's it's cooperators everywhere. And like they can't sustain these cases. And supply and demand, because there's so many cooperators, you're not even getting a good return on your no. on your commitment. Well, that's why. That, that's, that's why. That's why. That's why when these kids get when these guys get arrested, they rank. It's like a it's it's a race to see who can tell first. First, because you know if you don't tell first, then you no. fool. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I I can say when they brought me down for questioning, mm -hmm. I think I was supposed to. I was getting ready to go home from the state from like mm -hmm. three and a half to seven. I think I might have had three months, 90 days. And uh, the people at the pack-up said, yo, the feds is coming to get you. So I'm thinking, fuck it, it's over with. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I go down there and uh, they take me in for questioning. So, you know, if it's the police, it's the feds, they have me in a the thing, they talking to me. And um, they're like, you know, like, I'm telling them like, listen, if you got all these people cooperating, mm -hmm. like, what do they need me for? Cause they're talking about bodies, 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 bodies. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, like it's over with. Mm -hmm. She's telling me like, if you don't cooperate when I come to get you, there's no deal. Right. So one particular agent, and I, you know, I, you know when, well, you don't know, but when you're in the room and you're getting questioned, like you might give the officers some nicknames. So I'm yeah. like, okay, <laughs> this, this is this is Iceberg Slim here because he says, yo, but you look kind of smart. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you remind me of Brian Gibbs, and when he called me that, it was like as Glaze, I was just like. Got yeah. it back. Yep. Let me go back. Yo, I don't. I don't represent the cats. And I went home. Who we had a and shot. And you went home after that. Yeah. We had a they, shot. They, school. they just needed me to get out. So mm -hmm. I had to keep their mouth shut. Uh, whatever you information they were giving, they was trying to get me to. Um, what do you call that? Hmm. When someone's telling the story, they need me to corroborate. 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 Because they're getting different stories. Yeah, yeah. They gotcha. want to check because because the informant has to get checked. Yeah. Because when they in, they in, probably were you trying to see if you would corroborate or confirm some of the some of the information that they were getting from like, the cooperator. But they're very careful about that because in that vetting of their cooperation or what you provide them, they got they lock into certain co cooperators who help them build their case. If you providing them shit that makes their cooperators look fugazi, mm -hmm. depending on the prosecutor, they may shut that shit down. Because if you show that they cooperators were lying, then you collapse the whole thing. So they lock in and embrace certain guys and they, they're willing to deal with it. All right, so we gotta take. So all one, that fuck the streets shit. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta take one last break, but we gotta talk about. about the movie. We gotta talk about the movie when we come back.
And I hope all y'all who listen understand and reading between the lines and listen to exactly to what with what is being said. You're talking about individuals who have a a lifetime of experience and perspective. So all that silly shit that you hear and that cliche shit, put that shit aside for a second. But we came here, we want to talk about the movie. Um that movie for me, I watched it twice. Um I'm I'm very humbled by the fact that you even um reached out to me to even be a part of it. That's one. After watching it, I was impressed by a few things. I was impressed by the editing of it. Um, and you know just the, cine- the cinematography of it, mm-hmm. just the, the, all of that. And the footage was really impressive. The footage that you got, and I'm talking about in Baltimore, and then you know the, the interviews that you had with it. But even more, what I liked about it was that you kind of put it out there and you didn't hit people on the head of what the direction is or what you felt people should think. It kind of, you know what it, it reminds me of the early Michael Moore films a little bit as well? Like you just let the, the narrative grow on its own. Well, here's the thing, right? I had this idea and it came about from Twitter. On Twitter, I take unpopular positions. I kind of like it because I like. Yeah, I know we I, follow I, 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 like, I like to yeah, defend. We sometimes like, in the same space, you know. I like yeah. to defend. I like to defend that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I found that you know, like they say, the the the, the road to hell is wide and heavily traveled. So <laughs> whenever I see a bunch of people moving in one direction, I'd be like, that can't be right. Mm-hmm. Not with those people mm-hmm. going that right. way. So I admit, I immediately be like, well, let me look. And I attack it just to test it. Some people don't like to be tested. All right. So they they, they attack me. They call me names, blah, blah, blah. My last name's Schoon. Mm. These goofballs like to call me Coon and whatever. whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's all good. I said, I'm, it's too many suckers for me to just mm-hmm, right. do away with. I'm going to kill them all with one shot. Mm-hmm. That's my movie. That was the movie. They inspired me to do the movie. I, I stepped upon all my background with working with American Gangster and so on and so forth. I had met the young lady, Asia Norris, who couldn't be here today. Yeah, she was sharp. Yeah, I... I that was... She was a camera, right? Yeah, camera. you met her. Yeah, she's yeah, very just disciplined, her, very look, focused. Listen, man. She, uh... She came... She... I met her. She was working at a clothing store and I was talking to her. And, um... She told me she was in film school. Again. Like, like I told y'all earlier... What's on page 15 sets up what's on page 30. I was like, hold up. He was in film school. <laughs> <laughs> and you work at a store? Okay. Yeah, look. So I, I put it to work. 
and, and, and we started working and, and from there it, it expanded. I had an idea. I wrote the out the outline. I narrated the joint. I secured the interviews. I did the interviews. You know what I mean? And and, and Luke assisted with, with everything that I needed to do as far as logistics and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Because he been with me since he came home, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, and, 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 and I, I keep everybody in the mix, you know, and, and even with you, you know, like you, you're a professor, you're a sharp dude. I, I, I respect what you're doing, and I was already doing business with you. Yeah, we so were, I, yeah, yeah. I gotta get something out of that. This is yo, this yeah. is how I think, man. It's like, man, look, I'm already doing business. He's an attorney. You know what right. I'm talking about? Why but I like, not? I like it, the, it made all of the sense I like, in the world. I like how you like the footage was in, was incredible to me, and you really. It's like you just said, you do, for page 30, you starting at 15. I feel like that movie, let a couple of years pass. Oh, it's going to set up a people lot gonna, of Yeah, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, they're going to get it. You, you know, and the title is Black, White, and Blue. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you can view it on Amazon. If you're an Amazon Prime mm-hmm. member, you can see it for free. Or you can go on Vimeo. I pay for it on Vimeo. Yeah, you can, you can get it on Vimeo at Vimeo.com forward slash on demand forward slash black, white, blue. And you can see it there. We'll have it on other platforms. We just started um, promoting it, but most people are watching it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I got with Asia and she, she, yo man, she did the sound. She did the cameras, you know? And I don't even know how to work the cameras. Mm-hmm. I bought them all. Mm-hmm. I did learn how to fly the drone, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I flew the drone over the Flint River. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. footage, I, I did, but- Where'd you get the footage from the writing and all that? Oh, uh, 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 a gentleman named Al Marcus. Mm-hmm. Some of it Asia shot, but she was out there. Yeah, but she wasn't there for the most volatile footage. Mm-hmm. Now right? you got you got like straight people on Yo, the front line footage. Ironic, not ironically, but this is what I tell you, man. Some things I give myself credit for for being smart. I'm undoubtedly that, but there's this thing that that that's part of everyone's success, and I call it the X factor. And these these are the things that you don't have control over. You see what I'm saying? We all have control over certain things. We can mm-hmm. prepare certain mm-hmm. things. But there's gifts that the universe just gives us, man. And to our credit, we recognize it and mm-hmm. know what to do with it. Because mm-hmm. I think everyone gets gifts, but everyone doesn't you recognize know, it. They, they sit around and say, I never get a break. You had about five. You, <laughs> you, gotta, be, you gotta be truly honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, look, to acknowledge that, yo, it's not just because I'm great. No, yeah, yeah. yo, exactly. Look, <laughs> Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. Right. Right? I've learned that about my I, yo. I think I'm my other dude, but I, I can't take <laughs> credit for everything right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I've survived and been through. Mm-hmm. I just can't, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like um, that's kind of bolstered my faith in mm-hmm. a higher power and all of that. Because I know it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yo man, yo man. I I know I'm smart. Mm-hmm. I know I'm all of these things, but. I can't take credit for it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, look. So a, 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 anyway, I was at Howard Homecoming two years ago. I'm at a restaurant with some friends, and they in town, and I'm sitting there, and the dude says, yo, man, I, you you Curtis Schoon, right? I said, yeah. He said, yo, we follow each other on Twitter. That's <laughs> 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 social media. Yeah, though, yo, man. Look, yo, <laughs> He said, I got something for you. I said, all right, man, take my number. Mm-hmm. He comes with the most violent. He said, everybody things. wanted this, but I didn't give it to him. I know you can't do the right thing with it. Wow. I didn't plan oh, that. Oh, oh. I 
did oh, not plan. That's crazy. Yo, I tried to pay that brother. He didn't want it. I, I gave him some money. He was like, yo, donate it to uh, Coleman because I was back in Coleman Young in Detroit mm-hmm. because the film opened up for yeah, me to get into politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I'm just like... That's crazy. I didn't plan How many it. hours of it? He, he, gave, he gave me a lot, but we didn't use but maybe uh, maybe nine minutes of it. That's but it? The nine minutes of nah, it. Nah, that's some powerful shit. It. Yeah, it's Look, Asia went through that joint. Mm-hmm. At the beginning is Asia. You know, mm-hmm. again, I got another friend, Karamu, Karamu mm-hmm. Kush. He's he's actually from Detroit, but he's been in L.A. for over 20 years. He's a film uh, professor at USC and Howard. He flies back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, and yo, man, Karamu gave me a resource for for uh, archival footage. And I gave it to Asia and she went through it. She picked all of that. She shot. What's his last name? Kush. K-U-S-H. Yeah. And, and yo, man, she, yo, she, she went through the archival, the, the, the resource. She pulled all of it. The way she started it with that, that speech, this is a hold up, my brother. Yeah, hey, nah, that's what's up. Oh, yo. When, yeah, look, look, when she be in the room, she be telling me, yo, get out of here. How, how, how was the, um, <laughs> How was the white cop, dirty cop? Oh, Michael Dow. Michael Dow. Mike was cool as shit, man. As he a, seemed like he's humbled himself. Let me tell you something. I believe that I would, I, I could do an actual good radio show with, with Michael him? Dow because I could see yo, it. Yo, it was a lot of times I wanted to call. I was gonna call him. Let me get this guy number, man. I want to talk to him about a couple of things he said. But. Nah, nah, because Mike got personality. Mm-hmm. You see what he said? Stop and frisk and he wake yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yo, yeah. Mike, yo, Mike is wild, man. He be, he's entertaining. And a lot of people don't even know who he is. Yo, look. Because that's what I would like, because you make people, if they're really paying attention to that film, they're going to go do their homework now. Look, man, Michael Dowd, Reggie O'Say, Combat Jack. He gave me the contact for Mike, because I was trying to get Reggie in it. Mm-hmm. And, and Reggie, you know, um, the day I was supposed to try to get up with him, he wasn't here. They had to go up up Martha's Vineyard or something mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I missed him. You know what I mean? But he gave me he gave me Mike. And I needed white faces in there too. Oh, you nah, it's a good film. Man. Yo, look, man, that's why I got Ibrahim Hooper mm-hmm. and I got um combat and then the B-roll footage and all that. So yeah, I put it all together and I really wanted to bring back the focus from this white liberal platform. The issues that pertain to blackness, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like because we've we've had a long history before what's been going on recently on social media. Mm-hmm. It seems like with Obama's presidency, people took they think black off. black issues have been either expanded or diluted or something. Well, it goes back to the very to how you started this conversation. Where you said, where you gave your definition of blackness, yeah. <laughs> and the definition of blackness is is it, we have to be able to contextualize our real problems. Yeah. Our real problems is not rooted in white people hating black people, black people um, response to that. Our real problems is a crisis of values, mm-hmm. the shit that we are trying to attain, Absolutely. right? As a opposed to as opposed Damn. to who yeah. we're trying to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so who we're trying to be is more important than what we get. And that is where America's got us all twisted. Yeah, we twisted. We're part of the spectacle now. Yeah, oh, man. It used to be a time where we were a symbol of the problem, the hypocrisy. 
I, We're no longer that. I never space. even saw so many black women aggressively attacking black men. Yeah. This is what happened on Obama's watch. Mm -hmm. These people were emboldened. I've never seen black LGBT attack mm -hmm. black straight men. I've never even noticed that white we had, feminists. Yo, I've never even noticed that we had that much problems in our communities right. until Obama <laughs> became president. Right. And then these people started expressing. I was like, man, where, where was the this? symbolism and the optics of it all? Because, I, because he, he, you know what it is. That's the dangerous optic, right? And of of the Obama thing, right? The Obama thing is the cool black dude who can evade transcend negritude into well, whiteness. Well, who can who can um, evade and transcend and get past white supremacy yeah. just by being cool. Cool. So when people are calling him a nigger and a coon and all that stuff, he's like, oh, you know, no, 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 no. Let them have theirs. But no, like, dude, that call, call that shit out. And and. Then, you know, the, the whole black exceptional thing, like, yo, you know, like we, we, we did the things that we needed to do to get over here. And that is missing the very same thing that you just said. There's something else happening here that's more than just our actions, right? There's more, there's, there's, there's X factors that some people just don't get the benefit of. Think about the X factor not being on your, in your favor on some of the circumstances that you went through in mm -hmm. life. Where'd you be? That's right. You know what I'm saying? And so I think I, I like Lance being here by himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but that's but then that goes back to the crisis of values. Think about like like you two men, right? Your value system, who you are, the generation that you come from and the things that you see, right? You will never see kids, these kids, um, even 20 and 30 something year old going back in the court. If they get off, if they get off on a, on a case, that's they're not going back to play the game to get their man off. No. They're like, yo, you got to figure that out. Right. You on your own. You on your own. It's a lot of selfishness, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and we can't really afford to be selfish. You know, I hear people saying Pan-African and reparations. And I'm, I'm, I'm not against those things. I'm just, I don't have energy for mm -hmm. it. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they're working on a mod. It's, it's almost like it's a. It's well, I'm a pan Africanist. I ain't gonna yeah, hold you. I'm with no, pan Africanist all day. But I, I, but that's not the only thing. No, that we need to be there's doing. all so many different ways to skin a cat. Yeah, it, it's like to me, my 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 thing is like what you doing with the with the mentorship and all mm -hmm. that. That's that's one that's one thing. Right. What I do with employing people and making mm -hmm. these films, that's, that's something else. And I know you have other businesses. Yo, that's just like we 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 also train teachers. So, see what I'm saying? So it's look, like you gotta look at you look, gotta look, constantly reflect. The man. bottom line is, man, everybody's not gonna be able to contribute the same way, but contribute we must. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's a fact. In whatever capacity you can. Yeah. And we're not here measuring. Oh, you did more, and yeah, but I did nothing. Right. That's that capitalistic Yo, white way of looking at. Look, man, everybody gotta contribute because whether, no matter what you think, who you think owe us. How victimized we've been, or anything. The bottom line is nobody's gonna save us but nobody. us. Nobody, right? And the system has taught us to victimize <laughs> ourselves. Yep. Yeah, all day. Nobody's gonna save all us day. but us. I pointed out with him in my last interview, man, that between 1980 and 2013, over 263,000 black men were murdered. <laughs> this was before Trump. Two. That, that's more than all the damn wars right. after the uh, World right. War II combined. Right. You know what I'm saying? 263,000 black men in America were murdered. Murdered, right. Yeah, from 1980 to 2013. And nobody... Well, we know some of them. Yo, 
I know I know at least thirty murders. Yeah, I know at least thirty to thirty. Yeah, yeah I know at least thirty yeah. murders. I'm, I can't. I probably can't even count. count. No, I, I, I I probably know fifteen family members. Yeah. I, I no, know, it's a lot. I know <laughs> I know so many that I forget until somebody be like, oh man, yo, yep. yeah. And that yo, that's nothing. That shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. And, and, but and, it's but it's become so normalized in us that we seem to accept. We celebrate it. Yes. There's a sickness. Yes. We go to parties we, and we yo, party to that. Yo, the it's kind of cold. It doesn't even yeah, cold. Yeah, like, yo. the bad, that's the battle rap yeah. shit, right? The have, dysfunction. Have you is, ever is seen someone who's been shot in the head? Like I have in real life. How, how, can, how can you party to that? Your visual is like. Yo, I don't forget. I remember. I remember. I seen. I remember when after I survived all the trauma seeing I done seen I had relatives kill relatives in front of me Damn. and I remember um, I, I done seen dudes die like you hanging out with a cat and time passed by the end of the day he's dead but I remember I I, I find like I became a prosecutor and everybody's like yo <laughs> you they, couldn't even, they, they couldn't even figure that one out and I'll never forget I went on a ride one of my first investigation rides I went to talk to a dude these dudes was hired by some mob dudes to rob somebody and dude had that thing on him and let it out and the dude got shot up maybe eight nine times and I never forget going to the hospital to see him he had the he had the, the uh, gauze over all the bullet wounds and we talking and he was coughing and every time he coughed Black that gauze oh. it just spread red from white to red, and I'm just looking. I'm like, yo, people, we rhyming about this shit. Like yo. this shit, yo, they, because they never saw it. They never seen it. They, yeah. Yo, listen, yeah. like I said, I can always tell. Yeah, but the the the, the film is, is is my attempt to get the conversation redirected, recalibrated. It's a great job. Well, well, you know, take it back because if you're saying you black and you out here talking about issues that don't necessarily represent the black collective universal issues, things that we all face regardless of our gender, mm-hmm. our, our sexuality mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever, then Political you're not, affiliation, you're not really championing black no, people. Not, at all. This, this is some personal thing for you. Mm-hmm. It's and, regime, you're uh, just trying to get regime, regime change. change. You're not revolution. Yeah, and don't, don't, don't misrepresent the rest of us. Yeah, you're right. Because we're still here. You know what I mean? But you know and, what? and there's less of y'all than us. So be real careful about how you misrepresent us because you're going to have to come back home when them people are finished using you. That's you right. You're right That's about right. that. What's going to be the next project? Uh, I want to do... I know you always got something in the mix. I, I want to do something on, on mental health in the black community. Don't forget about your music. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because y'all was talking about but, music. Well, my, my artist, Alexis Glenn, she sang the song Black, White, and Blue in the oh, film. Oh, she in the film? Okay. She, she sang the song over the credits. I wrote the song. That's dope. I wrote the song, too. Yeah, yeah. Yo, look. He's a songwriter, too. Listen, listen, man. I said, what don't I do? Listen, you one of the few guys from Queens we like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take no offense to the Brooklyn Came in here punching. That's all right. That's all right. But nah, seriously, y'all gotta watch that film, Black, White, and Blue. And yo, you know, do your homework. Go back and look the look at the American Gangster. I don't even know where you can see that anymore. And it, and it, but you know what? Maybe not. It was it was on A and E. A and E. If you go on. You can order it on BET. BET. Uh, Black, white, and blue. Black, white, and blue. Black, white, and blue. Owned by Viacom, man. Fuck them. We all right. But you know what? We want to really thank you. Oh, and before.
Before that, let me let everybody know too that man that, that Black, White, and Blue is a black owned film, black financed. Khalif Browder film was not. It wasn't. The 13th and I was in wasn't. It, and I wasn't Khalif and it wasn't. Yeah. None of those black documentaries that you think are black documentaries are black documentaries. Bias force. They're, 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 they're white up. people using black faces and using our tragedy as political currency. And yo, they use our tragedy as political currency to shape our narrative for us and try to have us believe that what's important to them is important to us. Uh, yeah. And when you leave out, after you finish watching Black, White, and Blue, you won't want to vote for anybody because that's not what this film is but about. But you will critically think, though. Yeah, they, they, it'll yeah. make you think. This film will make you think. It may help you decide who you should vote for or what your next step would be, but it's not telling you because there's no political alignment. No, yeah, right. This ain't about politics. This is about us. We did it. I'm doing a distribution. Sundance and all the other film festivals, they turned their back on my film, and my film is liked by whites, blacks, Republicans, Democrats. Everybody is supporting this film because truth is undeniable. And the reason why Sundance and the rest of them turned it down is because it didn't fit, no, the, it didn't narrative. fit the narrative. It's all propaganda. And it didn't fit the narrative because it's what you just said. It's black owned. It's black owned. That's right. Because if, if, if this succeeds, a whole lot of them is out of work. Mm -hmm. And let's put their asses out of work. I'm with that. Yo. Everybody salute. Salute Curtis School. Salute Curtis School. Go see Black, salute. White, and Blue. Peace. Peace.
But they keep talking 